The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, 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 hello. Saturday, third hour on Pure Opelka. Or as we like to call it, the Jeff Fisher Show pre-show. We'll be previewing nothing Jeffy has coming up today. I, that's not true. Jeffy, if you want me to plug anything, let me know. You know where to find me. Jeffy's in the office already, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, they cut off the cameras. I used to be able to see Jeffy when he arrived. But he's got something. When they remodeled the studio, Jeffy uh, apparently cut the wire to the security camera, the internal security camera feed to the Internet that I used to have access to. So thanks for nothing, Jeffy. Uh, just to, just about to uh, post a vital question online, and I'd like you to be a part of it. But I also, I also need to play for you something that happened yesterday on The View. And the, the ladies on The View, they just, especially Joy Behar, cannot accept the fact that Donald Trump is the president of the United States. And yesterday they did... Uh, something that was called uh, cringeworthy by many people. And I wholeheartedly endorse that. They they opened the show with a sketch. So now The View's a sketch comedy show. Wacky, wacky. It opened up with what appears to be the Oval Office and Joy Behar with a, a really a bad Donald Trump lookalike. This is what happened. Joy, as you know, I'm way too busy to watch TV. And oh, by the way, tell Sarah good luck with her pregnancy and tell Jedediah that's on her engagement. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No TV, huh? No. You know, you really need to get back on The View, John. I'll face it. You're polling lower than the Zika virus. I know, I know. I'll do anything, Joy. Anything? Anything. Anything, really? Okay. Get me that dossier. Fake news, Behar. And besides, good luck getting it from Putin. For the good of the country, I'll get you back on the show. All you have to do is sign the standard release form. Go ahead, right there. Tremendous. There you go. Okay, the producers will be in touch with you. <laughs> this is a letter of resignation. What? Does this mean I can't be on Guy Day Friday? <laughs> yes, it was Guy Day Friday on The View, and that's how the wacky people at The View opened the show. With a, a, a 50 second sketch. All of 50 seconds. 50. The guy playing Trump couldn't memorize the lines. He spent half the sketch looking at cue cards, as was Joy Behar. It's not even a minute. You can't memorize the lines. <laughs> lame, lame, lame. I know, very lame, cringeworthy. You can call it whatever you want. Uh, it's on The Blaze if you want to see it. We post it on The Blaze. Or if you're a follower of the Washington Free Beacon, they clipped the sketch and put it up yesterday. So I uh, appreciate our friends at the Free Beacon doing that. And there was also something that happened yesterday that I think bears, uh, bears addressing. Is the president was on uh, Brentwood, Long Island stage, and speaking to law enforcement. The president 
traveled out to uh, Long Island to address a bunch of uh, members of local law enforcement because he's really putting his agenda out there, the agenda that's that's trying to get rid of MS-13. The president is is hoping that uh, increased pressure on this gang, this gang that that traffics in drugs and human human beings can be eliminated. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination because MS-13 has been allowed to run rampant in this country for so long that they, they basically uh, have, have taken over the lead. We used to hear about the Bloods and the Crips, right? We used to hear all, all the gang warfare was about the Bloods and the Crips and, and what are we going to do? They've infiltrated housing in, in all over the country. They've taken over. They've taken positions in public housing and they're trafficking in drugs and God knows what else. Well, the Bloods and the Crips are nothing compared to MS-13. MS-13 is a brutal gang. And they recruit young Latinos. They prey on young Latino men and women. And what they're doing to that fastest growing demographic in the country is disgusting and we need to stop it for the sake of those those people that that community needs to be able to say that the government is protecting us that that the police are doing their job when it comes to dealing with the men and women who are under siege from MS-13 and yesterday the president was out there to talk about what we're doing this has been a major focus and in Heroes Week, it should be a major focus. This was American Heroes Week. And the men and women of law enforcement are the heroes we should be saluting alongside the men and women who have their lives to get in the military, who volunteered to serve this country. The president yesterday talked about MS-13, and he addressed... He addressed the, uh, the men and women of law enforcement and talked about how, how we need to support law enforcement. And I believe there's a little bit of a controversy around some of the president's comments. There are people on the left who are not happy with the way the president talked about what the men and women of law enforcement should be allowed to do in order to stop MS-13. And, and the situation is, is a serious one. The situation is one where the president wanted to make sure that he called them animals out of our country and we shut them down. Do you have a problem with the president using the term animals to describe MS-13? Listen to his initial statement on the subject. Together, we're going to restore safety to our streets and peace to our communities. And we're going to destroy the vile criminal cartel, MS-13, and many other gangs. But MS-13 is particularly violent. They don't like shooting people because it's too quick. It's too fast. I was reading one of these animals was caught and explaining they like to knife them and cut them and let them die slowly because that way it's more painful and they enjoy watching that much more. These are animals. 
These are animals. Do you have a problem with that? I don't. They are animals. They are animals. I got in trouble once for using that exact same term in reference to the people who were rioting in Baltimore. I don't know if you remember that. But I I support the president saying what he said. But he's also getting uh, a whole bunch of heat for something he said about how the men and women of law enforcement behave when they when they get someone uh, when they catch someone, and he said, "Don't be too nice to them." And people have lost their minds over this. Now, there are some folks who said the president went too far, and he's advocating for violence. You listen and tell me, Esther. And when you see these towns, and when you see these thugs being thrown into the back of a paddy wagon, you just see them thrown in, rough. I said, please don't be too nice. Like when you guys put somebody in the car and you're protecting their head, you know, the way you put their hand over. Like, don't hit their head and they've just killed somebody, don't hit their head. I said, you can take the hand away, okay? It's essential that Congress fund hundreds more federal immigration. So the president is making what I thought was a little bit of a joke. And yet people like Montel Williams, people like Keith Olbermann, people all over the place are admonishing the president and saying, Mr. President, you're advocating for violence against criminals. And uh, I wonder. Is it is it brutality? Is he endorsing violence or police brutality? And I asked the vital question. It's just gone up on the Twitter at Stunt Brain. Is this presidential? Is it unpresidential? You can't decide. Or is it Trump being Trump? See, I think he was actually just playing to the audience there. I think he was he was having fun with law enforcement. Do you think cops would risk getting a uh, an arrest overturned by a, a, a violence charge? I think the men and women of law enforcement are a lot smarter than that. I certainly think they are a hell of a lot smarter than that. But I just posted the poll, so you can weigh in. Speaking to law enforcement yesterday, the President of the United States seemed to endorse what some call violence or brutality. Was this okay and presidential? Was it unpresidential and bad? Was it something you can't decide? Or was it Donald Trump being Trump? Currently, in the very, very, very early voting, 52% of you are saying, oh, that's Trump being Trump. Can you just calm down a little bit? Well, uh, you know what's going to happen. You know that the, the coddling left is going to say, the president is advocating for violence against, and he's, he's going to be compared to that idiot, Duterte, who talks about going around and shooting drug dealers and bragging about it. I guarantee you that that comparison is, if it hasn't happened already, it's going to come up. It's absolutely going to come up. All right, I'm going to step aside here for a minute. When we come back, I need to talk about, uh, I need to talk about hotels. And what's going on at hotels? What uh, 
if you've ever stayed at a hotel, do you ever wonder, do they really change the sheets every day? And what about when you leave? If you stay in a hotel and you're only there one day, do you think they change the sheets for the person to come in the next day? I have a story that's a little bit disturbing. Just a little bit disturbing. Especially if you're getting ready for that August vacation and you're going to stay in a hotel. Then again, maybe this story will correct the problem. What the hell am I talking about? I'll explain next. I'm Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Your Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Yep, 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 yep. It is Saturday morning, and uh, hope you're going to get to a bunch of productive things today. I'm going to be having to do a lot with this very clogged drain in the kitchen, and thanks to the people who are here in the first hour of the show, I have about six possible solutions to clearing this very clogged drain that has a uh, garbage disposal attached to it. I did not expect it to be this difficult. It's never been this difficult, but thanks to all of you, I'm confident that one of the solutions you have given me will work. Now, I mentioned that uh, I might have an interesting and yet disgusting story that you need to be aware of. We were talking about vacations, and I just came back from a working trip to Las Vegas, Nevada, where I stayed in a hotel. It was a lovely hotel called the Paris. And when they put me up, they said, hey, we're going to put you in one of our newly remodeled rooms. Yay, great, sure. The carpet was worn out. Paris wasn't remodeled. I might have complained a little bit. I don't think you should call it a remodeled room if it's if it's got old threadbare carpeting. But I do feel like it was cleaned every day. I feel like every day I came in and the the bed, the sheets have been changed, the pillowcase has changed, whatever. And you know, I wouldn't mind if I'm gonna be there two days, I don't care if they leave the same sheets on, tend to change the sheets weekly or every five days or so. So if you leave it for a day or two while I'm there, as long as I get clean sheets when I check in, I'm okay. But the people at Inside Edition were wondering about that. They wondered if, if the hotels always change the sheets when the guests check out. So they came up with an ingenious method of testing this. They found a spray kind of a invisible spray that they could put on the sheets in the hotel. It doesn't, it doesn't feel any different. You don't notice it. You certainly can't see it. It's colorless, odorless. So what they did was made some stencils that said, I slept here, yuck. And they did one of their own inside edition logo and they checked into a hotel and then sprayed the bottom sheet on the bed and the top sheet and the pillowcase. 
And then they made it look like somebody slept in the bed. They rustled up the bed and made a made it look as if someone had been in there and, and left. And then they checked out, and the very next day they checked back in under a different name and asked if they could have this room, if it was available. And they did this nine different times. They did it at Candlewood Suites, you know, one of the chains. They did it at a La Quinta and a Residence Inn in New York and, and six others. But those three are important because after they checked into the Candlewood Suites for the second time, they pulled back the bedspread and they have a black light that shows the, uh, the paint if it's there. And sure enough, when they turned off the lights in the room and turned on the black light and then pulled back the sheet, you saw, I slept here, yuck, and the Inside Edition logo. Now, the reporter immediately called for uh, a, a manager to come up to the room immediately where they were waiting with a camera crew, etc., and said, hey, what the heck is going on here? And in the Candlewood Suites and La Quinta and the Residence Inn, everybody was shocked and appalled, of course, that they hadn't changed the sheets. Now, it is kind of gross to think that maybe the sheets have not been changed from a previous guest. Again, I wouldn't mind. Look, if I check in for three days, fine. Change the sheets before I get there, fresh pillowcases, and change them when I get out. They're doing that now with the towels. Remember, they guilt you into not getting fresh towels every day by saying that you're saving the environment. So I, I'd be fine if I got clean sheets on the first day of my stay. And if I'm only there a couple of days, you don't need to change it. What the hell? But in the case of Candlewood, La Quinta, and Residence Inns, all in New York City, all three of those got caught not changing sheets after somebody checked out and a new person, different name, checked in. Now, the good news here is six out of the nine passed the test. But still, those are big chains, Residence Inn, La Quinta, and Candlewood Suites. And I'm sure each one of those corporate offices is making damn sure, damn sure that that never happens again. And every now and then you have to check. So I, I have to applaud. I have to applaud you. You people at, at Inside Edition, Deborah Norville. Good work on this one. Good work. When we get back, are we going to have, are we going to have uh, Ernesto with his big news? I'd love for him to make the announcement. If he's not going to, I'm going to make the announcement. But... Hopefully, we'll get him just around the corner. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Still waiting to see if we're going to get Ernesto. I don't want to steal his thunder. I want to I want to let him have the ability to make this big announcement today. So we're going to hang out and uh, slow it down a little bit. Slow it down and uh, go to a different area. Actually, another story. Have to say good morning to Joshua this morning. Joshua is one of uh, those out there who listens to this show, who is also a member of the law enforcement community. So, Joshua, thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for working the, uh, the overnight shift, which I know ain't easy, especially on the weekends. I watch Live PD and I see uh, all the stuff that's happening to the men and women of law enforcement on the weekends. And I am constantly amazed, A, at their patience and professionalism. Uh, B, I, I'm not surprised, but I am, I'm amazed at the grace that they have to, uh, to execute the job without actually executing the people because I would not have the patience. Joshua was just um, wondering as we were talking about the president and whether or not he was encouraging violence in uh, law enforcement when he made what I think is more of a joke yesterday in Brentwood, Long Island. And we do have that up on on the Twitter at, at StuntBrain. You can actually vote on whether or not Donald Trump's address to the law enforcement was endorsing or calling for violence and police brutality. 19% of you say it was presidential and okay. 21% say it it's unpresidential and bad. But the overwhelming majority say it's Trump being Trump, which means calm down. Joshua wrote, was it okay for Obama to advocate and for his wife to advocate for violence against law enforcement? Obviously, the answer is no. But Joshua also lets us, lets us have a peek inside the lives of first responders. You ever want to know what, what first responders face? Just this morning, Joshua wrote, I got off my shift with blood all over my pants after risking my safety, rushing to an accident, and helping a woman while protecting my EMS personnel. But I'm still the piece of crap that put the drunk husband in my car so he would not interfere with his wife's care or run into the life flight chopper. Again, every day, the men and women who put on a badge, put on that uniform, are doing stuff that n most of us would never have the ability, the patience, the grace, the courage to do. So Joshua, thank you. Thank everybody who works in your, in your law enforcement group and everybody else who works just in law enforcement. I can't imagine what that's like. You're trying to save somebody's life. You're trying to protect the EMS workers at the same time. And you got to deal with a drunken husband who probably I'm, I'm not I'm not jumping to conclusions here, but uh, Friday night car crash might have been some alcohol involved. I'm just saying so to the men and women of law enforcement. Thank you. Thank you so much for being there every damn day. We, we can't thank you enough. Earlier in the show, we talked about Charlie Gard. And earlier in the show, I made the connection 
between Charlie Gard's demise and single-payer socialized health care. And I was trying to point out just, just how screwed up it is. Just how, just how dangerous it is. Charlie Gard wasn't the only death from uh, bad socialized health care this week. There was another one in England that didn't get nearly as much attention. And uh, I don't, I, well, I know why. Charlie Gard was a tiny little baby who was defenseless, whose parents wanted something else than the government-mandated treatment. Charlie Gard was a victim of the system. That doesn't mean Katie Widdowson was also not a victim of single-payer health care. Check out this crazy story out of, out of England. Uh, Katie Whittleston, a 24-year-old single mom, died this week. She died like a day after she came into the National Health Service trying to get some assistance. Katie told the doctors that she had a sore wrist, that her wrist was bugging her, and... Uh, the, the doctors took a look at it, and they said, oh, that's a simple strain, and we're going to send you home. A day later, she was back at the hospital. You see, Katie had come into the hospital because her wrist was in pain. Her wrist was in pain because she had hurt it in a sex game with her boyfriend. Katie and her boyfriend were messing around, and and uh, they were going to play with restraints. They were tying each other up, or he was tying her up. But apparently she hurt her wrist. And in the course of tying her up, whatever restraints they used also broke the skin. And uh, she was in a lot of pain. Couldn't move it. She actually went to Good Hope Hospital which is part of the National Health Service, told that they looked at her, sent her home with painkillers, and told her she suffered from a strain. The following morning, she was still in pain, had developed blisters. She was rushed to a different hospital, suffered a heart attack in the ambulance on the way in. A heart attack. She died. The boyfriend was brought in for an inquest. And he said that his girlfriend had initially thought she had hurt her wrist when she had restrained, uh, he had restrained her as they were playing around. He said, I don't remember much about it. It's not anything we've ever done before. And the coroner explained that Miss Widdowson had attended the, um, the Good Hope's department party the night but she had attended the emergency room at good hope hospital the night before in extreme pain in her left wrist she was she told them she was unable to feel her fingers and the pain was spreading up her arm the coroner said that her temperature heart pulse all abnormal and she should have been observed every 30 minutes, meaning they should have checked her in. This is the National Health Service. No, instead, the emergency room said, oh, you got a sprain. Here's some painkillers. Go home. 
She saw two doctors, had an x-ray, was told she had a sprained wrist and was discharged. The coroner at the hearing this week said that Miss Widowson should have been kept in the hospital and had undergone and should have undergone major surgery. There were clear failures on the part of both doctors who looked at this woman. According to the coroner, they flagrantly ignored the policy that was there for the very situation that Katie found herself in. Her early warning score was six, and that should have resulted in regular and ongoing observations and further investigations. These were not carried out. If Katie had remained in hospital, it is clear that her death would have been avoidable. Close quote. The coroner went on to say these mistakes amount to gross failure and provide basic to provide basic medical attention. She died less than 24 hours after visiting the hospital for pain and saying that she had no feeling in her hands and it was it was going up her arm and she had a fever and irregular heart rate. She died after being told she had a sprain. I've had many a sprain. I've never had a fever, never had an elevated or irregular heart rate because of a sprain. She died of necrotizing fasciitis, which was contributed to by neglect. A 24-year-old who got a rare flesh-eating infection when medics failed to spot the condition, despite the fact that two different doctors saw her and despite the fact that two different doctors told, were told and, and made note of the fact that her heartbeat, her pulse were irregular, and she had a fever. Sprains never give you a fever. Anybody who thinks Charlie Gard is an isolated case of the incompetence of socialized medical care needs no, look no further than a 24-year-old whose child is now left alone. And I'm sure there's going to be legal action to follow this. It's just the evidence is everywhere. Everywhere. We have to stop this Obamacare. When we get back, I'm hoping to get some good news. And if not, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try and give you the good news as best I can. But our buddy Ernesto has some really good news to share. And uh, we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up this uh, this week's episode, this weekend's episode of Pure Opelka. By the way, Jeff Fisher is waiting in the wings. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Pelka. Going to try and take care of a bunch of little things here before we get out. First of all, if you're worried about health care, I think there still are some efforts out there. Trey Gowdy was on Fox yesterday. I love Trey Gowdy, and I want you to love him too. Uh, listen to what he said, what he would do. 
And the health care, I would propose changes that are transformational, and it's going to require persuading my fellow citizens, including some independents and Democrats, that this is best for the country. It's not going to be done with 24 hours notice and a bill that has the word skinny in it. So sure. it's hard to persuade people. I get that. I used to have to do it for a living, and I'm married. So it's hard <laughs> to persuade people. I, I so appreciate Trey Gowdy. I wish Trey Gowdy was Speaker of the House, but he's not. And if he were, I'm sure he would address Barbara Lee from California. Sorry, California. It's your turn. I, I was really nice to California for quite a while this week. But Barbara Lee, representative from California, 71-year-old Barbara Lee. Term limits, everybody. Everybody who's mad at McCain... And I'm mad at Barbara Lee. Term limits, everybody. That would prevent dumb stuff like this. Yesterday, as the president announced he was putting John Kelly, General John Kelly, as chief of staff, moving him from uh, Homeland Security to, to chief of staff, Representative Barbara Lee tweeted this. By putting General John Kelly in charge, President Trump is militarizing the White House and putting our executive branch in the hands of an extremist. General John Kelly. General John Kelly, who won the Distinguished Medal for Fighting on behalf of this country. So I guess he's an extremist. Twitter noticed. Twitter noticed and, and also responded to Barbara Lee's dumb statement. Susan Kaye said... Kind of like saying George Washington or any other of the 11 generals who became actual presidents. <laughs> Not merely the chief of staff, right? The U.S. military are extremists, said Pam, lucky mom four. The U.S. military are extremists. They protect your sorry ass and your right to spew this nonsense. Proud military mom. Good for you, Pam. Amazing. This goes on and on and on. There are thousands of people who have responded to the idiotic statement, the absolute idiotic statement of Barbara Lee. Next time you worry about those Korean missiles coming over, uh, guess, guess which state other than Hawaii is next in the line of fire? Guess which one? Yeah, that would be California, where you, you are living and representing. Victor Nicky responded to Barbara Lee. You're calling the uh, United States Marine Corps extremists, the men and women who keep our Republican freedom safe. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should. We'll keep an eye out for more on Barbara Lee. Idiots. Uh, we were trying to get Ernesto. He might have been out celebrating because the good news, Ernesto is going to appear on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And he is playing to benefit veterans and stopping the suicides that are killing our, our veterans, that are the desperate acts from the veterans. So God bless Ernesto. We'll get details about when it's going to be on. I think he'll be on the uh, radio show Monday. So join me right after Glenn Beck on Monday. Until such time, download the show 
and uh, see if there's an Easter egg at the end, because there probably is. And it might do with uh, have to do with Ernesto. And then stick around for Jeffy. Who knows, if I clear the drain, I'll send him a message and let him know that all of your help was appreciated and successful. Until then, testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.